be contrarian and, and think differently. You know, don't do things because that's what works for the other guy. Are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever? Join Joe Fairless and today's best ever guests as they share it with you. It's the best ever advice with none of the fluff. Let's go. My mom always said it's rude to keep people waiting. Well, best ever listeners, that's exactly what you're doing if you're not funding your deals with our best ever sponsor, Patch of Land. Patch of Land is a crowdfunding marketplace that matches up your deals with accredited and institutional investors who want to invest in your deal. Patch of Land literally has thousands of investors ready to fund your next deal. You don't want to keep them waiting, do you? And guess what? It's a lightning quick process too. In fact, the average patch of land loan closes in just seven days. Is a five to seven day close faster than how long it currently takes you to close on financing? And just think, wouldn't it be wonderful to have all of your financing needs taken care of for all of your deals? How many more deals could you close if you already knew where the money was coming from? With Patch of Land, you no longer have to worry about the financing part. They've got it taken care of for you. Go to Patch of Land and find out how to get your next deal funded by the thousands of investors waiting for you right now. Go to patchofland.com. That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F-L-A-N-D.com. Hi, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless, and I'm here with today's guest, Joe Stampone. Hi, Joe. Hey, Joe. How you doing? Thanks for having me. I think we should just keep saying hi to each other over and over again and just make this like a parallel universe. <laughs> you know, that won't be confusing. <laughs> Joe is uh, also based in New York City, New York. Um, but here's where, where we differ. He is the vice president of Atlas Real Estate Partners. Um, he's assisted in debt and equity placement on over $450 million worth of acquisitions. He leads his company's strategic vision, um, which includes the branding and the investor management, uh, talking to the people who are investing in the deals and in the investor platform. So how do you uh, update the investors on an ongoing basis and what do you provide them with? Uh, he analyzes the performance of their current, the, the company's current portfolio, which consists of 25 plus properties um, that they have under management. And he also looks at the properties whenever they're looking to acquire properties, and he does all the due diligence for that. Um, he is the founder of the popular uh, real estate blog and community called A Student of the Real Estate Game. So definitely go check that out. And he's told me many times before we start recording, that he is a seasoned pro at these interviews. And he absolutely loves doing them, and he would rather, wouldn't rather be doing anything else. And that includes acquiring a $100 million property. So I'm so glad that you're in your, your, your love and your zone right now. Um, so with that being said, Joe, can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Yeah, well, this is podcast number two for me. So um, you know, I think I, I can certainly qualify as a seasoned expert. Um, so, so thanks for that intro. Uh, but just to give a little bit of background on myself, I was first exposed to real estate back in high school. Um, like a lot of people who get into real estate, my first exposure was to a family member. Uh, my dad, who's, who's not a real estate professional by trade, uh, got into the business on the side with a few partners and was buying uh, large tracts of the land down in Florida, was putting in 
the uh, you know the infrastructure, entitlements, zoning, and then flipping it to single-family housing developers. Um, and that really got me uh, kind of addicted to the entrepreneurial and, and kind of more tangible uh, nature of the business. And, and from that point, I was really hooked. Uh, moving on to college, I had a couple internships, um, a big one with a, a national real estate brokerage. Uh, and then I graduated uh, from undergrad in 2008, which was, uh, as, as you're aware, a pretty tough time in the real estate business. And I actually found myself uh, you know, unemployed at that point. Um, and this was kind of the first time I'd faced you know, any sort of, you know, real adversity. It's, you know, I, I had done things right by, you know, a, a traditional standards, I guess, you know, worked hard in high school, went to a good college, had good internships, um, and, and kind of, you know, found myself at home in my, you know, childhood bedroom, kind of wondering what went wrong. And that was, that was a pretty big turning point for me. Um, you know, it was that, at that point that I kind of realized, you know, you can't sit back and wait to be picked. You kind of have to go out there and pick yourself. Um, and that's actually when I when I founded the blog was a way for me to really kind of engage in the conversation, and just become part of the conversation myself, even though I wasn't actively working in the business. You know, I was doing a little bit of kind of side part-time work for a family friend who was doing some small-scale local development in the Philadelphia area um, and really got some good exposure to construction, design, architecture, um, and really got an appreciation for kind of the nuts and bolts of the business, uh, which I actually think is a pretty good starting point. Um, but always had a desire to kind of look at the business in a more institutional fashion and, um, you know, use NYU's master's in real estate program as a way to get to New York. I, I started the program in 2009, uh, you know, during the first semester as a full-time student, networked relentlessly, you know, talk to anyone who was willing to talk, really tried to navigate the business. And, you know, in those conversations met with two fellow grads from, uh, from my undergrad institute uh, who were both at Columbia Business School and, and looking to start their own shop and was able to convince them to let me intern for them for free, um, which, which in hindsight doesn't sound very lucky, but they, they, they took me on. Um, I worked for them for free for about 12 months as they got off the ground. And by the time I graduated, we had some good traction um, and I was on, on full time. So, um, you know, as you mentioned, we've been incredibly active over the past five years doing, uh, we've actually done 30 transactions now, um, and have kind of a current market value of 500 million. So, uh, worked in, in various asset classes across a couple of different markets, um, and in, in different parts of the capital stack. So I've seen a lot in a short period of time. So many things to follow up with you on, but I, uh, we have a limited amount of time. So I'm going to, I'm going to go straight to the transaction stuff and I'm going to summarize in my summary. I'm going to mention a couple other things that you mentioned because, uh, they are, I mean, if, if we take any of these quotes that you'd mentioned that I've, I've picked out, uh, to heart, then big things can happen for us. So I want to focus in on the 30 transactions now with a market value of over 500 million, uh, what is your team's uh, typical model look like? So are you raising money? Are they long-term holds for your company? Or are you trying to exit investors within, you know, three years or at refinance? Or what, what's, the, what's the deal there? Sure. So the basic investing strategy, um, you know, first off, we're, we're kind of true value-add investors. Look uh, across asset classes, including traditional multifamily, student housing, office retail um, and we do take a national focus um, and the way we're able to buy assets uh, throughout the country is that we have local partners in each kind of market where we operate so we're true you know on the ground experts in every single market where we operate because you know at the end of the day real estate is a local business you need uh, local ownership 
um, you know, we really specialize in, you know, call it the 10 to $30 million deal size space. And that's, you know, that's the deal size that's, you know, under the institutional threshold in most markets, um, pretty fragmented, and you're competing with uh, kind of some local mom-and-pop operators and, and, you know, typically some, some local regional operators. So there's, there's just less competition within that space. Um, in terms of our hold period and, and kind of the metrics we look for, you know, we're typically long-term holders. We syndicate the equity out to our group of high net worth investors, and we're looking for deals that, you know, we can buy at below replacement costs, good in-place cash flow, where we can go in and, and add value at the property level day one. And, you know, where we don't have to rely on market growth, which may never materialize. So, you know, across asset classes, across markets, but really a, a long-term holder. So we're putting on, you know, 10-year fixed-rate debt um, very cheaply today. Um, and then, you know, often if it's a value-add deal, refinancing and putting on long-term debt or just kind of holding for cash flow and, and selling at the optimal time. When somebody approaches you, and let's talk, because you, you know, you all invest in multifamily retail and office, so I, I know this would be a little bit different depending on um, what it is, but let's just talk multifamily for a second. When somebody approaches you for multifamily and they say, I've got something you, you should take a look at, what, what do you, are you able to quickly um, just get a couple pieces of information and just from a high level be able to determine um, if you should pursue that? How do you approach that conversation and what do you do? Yeah, you know what? I think one of the, the biggest skills for a real estate investment professional is the ability to look at a deal and quickly determine this one's a waste of time or this one is worth digging a bit deeper. So, you know, I think we have a really quality team of some really smart investment professionals and, and first and foremost can kind of weed through the opportunities that uh, are a waste of time. You know, but beyond that, I think it's more importantly, you know, where the deal is coming from. If it's a one-off broker who's cold calling us, you know, typically that's a sign that this is probably not a great opportunity, that it's being blasted out to every single shop out there. And, and the reality is it's going to be bid up uh, to pretty crazy levels that we're not comfortable with. So, you know, if it's become, if it's a deal coming from a trusted source, whether it's one of our local partners, um, a really good friend who's, you know, working, uh, you know, with a property manager firm or an attorney, accountant, um, you know, a lender, uh, you know, a source that we trust, you know, typically it's probably worth digging uh, pretty deep into. And then, um, you know, in terms of just metrics, you know, we're looking at, um, you know, at what cap rate basis, you know, what is the story of, of the seller? You know, is it mom and pop owned? Has it been mismanaged, you know, over time? Is it within a growing submarket? Um, what's the, the kind of supply story? You know, so I think there's a lot of factors, you know, that enable you to kind of look at the deal and, and pretty quickly say, you know, this one is not for us or this one's worth, you know, looking into. So, um, you know, kind of the, the boxes that we want to check is, you know, is it off market? Um, is there good in-place cash flow? Can we go in and add value at the property level? And is it in a sub-market that we like? So I think if it checks those boxes, we can um, you know, start really kind of spending time and, and definitely money on the asset. What is your best real estate investing advice ever? Yeah, so I think I have you know, two pieces of advice. And, and I think the first is you know, be contrarian and, and think differently. You know, don't do things because that's what works for the other guy. You know, extraordinary performance really only comes from, from non-consensus forecasts, right? But obviously, those are very hard to make and, and hard to make correctly and, and even harder to execute. But, uh, you know, think outside the box. And, and the second one applies, you know, 
specifically to younger people in the business is, you know, don't spend all your time talking to real estate people and reading about real estate. Um, you know, engage with people outside the business, read books and blogs from outside the real estate space, listen to podcasts and in other industries. Um, I mean, listen to Joe's podcast, but then go listen, listen to ones in, uh, in other industries. Um, but, you know, learn how things are being done in more progressive spaces, and then you can apply those to the real estate business. Or, you know, read what's happening around the world. You know, read the front page of the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Economist, the Wall Street Journal. Um, there's a great uh, daily email called the Skim, um, because what's happening from a, you know, a macro factor is going to impact every market, every asset class, and, and you need that kind of worldview to kind of apply to your kind of a, you know, sub micro market. So uh, I think a big piece of advice is, is get out of the, the real estate bubble and, and uh, you know, talk to people who have a different perspective than you. When you talk about being a contrarian investor, um, you know, listening to the, what you look for, and that's an off market deal with uh, in a good area that's growing, that adds value where you can add value and there's already some good cash flow in place. I, I imagine you come across other investors in your space who are looking for that type of thing. And almost value add has, has been, you know, recently become a buzzword. So how, how do you, are you, how are you approaching that right now today um, from a contrarian standpoint, whenever you're looking for the properties that you're acquiring? Yeah. So, I mean, a couple of things I want to, want to touch on here. Um, you know, one, and this is kind of more from a high level, real estate is truly a relationship-driven business. You know, people want to do business with people they like and trust. Um, and, and don't get me wrong, it's not about going out to networking events and, and handing down your business card to uh, every person you, you meet. It's kind of, uh, you know, establishing these true, deep relationships. Um, you know, because those are the people that are going to go out of their way to, to bring you a deal or to give you the last look at a deal. So that, um, you know, from a, a deal sourcing perspective, that is key. Um, you know, from an investment perspective, I mean, being a contrarian is, is really, really hard. Uh, it's easy to think about, but very hard to execute. It's, you know, it's hard to look wrong for a period of time, even if you're right in the long term. And it's, you know, even harder to, you know, say during the run-up of a market is to sit back and, and not buy deals when you see everyone else around you getting rich. So it's having that patience uh, and, you know, not getting caught up in kind of, uh, you know, investor sentiment or investor psychology and, and what the herd is doing, um, but kind of stick to your uh, investment philosophy and, and don't uh, kind of deviate from that. So, um, you know, I think it's a couple of elements there. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Do it. First, a quick word from our sponsor. Could you do more deals if you had more money and didn't have to waste time looking for financing? Are you ready to scale your real estate business and do more deals? Well, let's make that happen. Our best ever sponsor, Patch of Land, is ready to fund your next deal. Patch of Land is a crowdfunding marketplace that has thousands of investors waiting for you right now. Find out more at patchofland.com. That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F-L-E-N-D.com. Okay, Joe, best ever book you've read? So a couple books. Um, you know, the first kind of goes back to the relationship thing. And it's a book called Never Eat Alone by Keith Ferrazzi. Um, it's about, you know, establishing true deep relationships to uh, achieve business success. Um, the other two are both real estate books. One is, and I have to mention this, is The Real Estate Game, which inspired 
uh, my blog, and it's by Bill Porvu, the former head of the Harvard Business Real Estate Program. Um, and it's you know it's one of those books that teaches you how to think like a real estate professional, which is kind of the real skill in the business. And it's you know you you learn the fundamentals of the business, but in, in such an entertaining fashion and, and case study fashion. Um, and along the same lines is Real Estate Finance and Investments by Peter Lindemann, uh, the founder of the real estate uh, department at Wharton. Um, same thing, he teaches you that you know really unique skill of, of teaching, uh, of, of, sorry, of thinking like a real estate professional. So those are, those are two must-reads for any real estate people. Um, never eat alone is, is a must-read for any, any business. Best ever listeners, I know you like audio, so you can go to freebesteverbook.com and get a free audio version of books like those. Best ever personal growth experience and what you learned from it. Yeah, so I mean, to put it into a real estate perspective, I think um, you know we were a bit naive in thinking that we could manage deals remotely. Um, you know, so our team is, is based here in New York, and we, we buy most of our assets elsewhere. Um, and, and there were a few deals that we bought without a local partner, and and thought we were able to you know put good third party property management in there and oversee them. Um, and, and you quickly realize the importance of, of needing to, you know, be within a couple hour drive of the asset uh, just to, you know, if you need to meet someone there or just to kind of pop in and, and surprise people and make sure things are, are going to be. So um, I, I think it was our, you know, thought that we could manage things remotely. So um, we no longer do that. Best ever success habit you practice? Yeah, so it, it's really, you know, short-term goal setting and checklist. Um, you know, every Sunday night before my week, I put together a list of, you know, my goals for the week. Those are things I want to accomplish that that week. And then, you know, a list of things I'm going to start this week but probably won't finish. Um, you know, and this enables me to go back on, on Friday night and, and take a look at that list and actually see what I accomplished and, uh, and what I didn't and why. Um, and, and the second one is just the use of, of checklists and how important that is to um, just ensure you're not missing things. You know, in our line of business, from due diligence checklist to asset management checklist to even uh, an email checklist to, to keep you from making mistakes, I think that's um, really important because there's there's so many moving parts, and, and especially as part of the lean team and, and a person who kind of sees every aspect of the deal, uh, I really kind of lean on those checklists. Best ever deal you've done? Yeah, so you know, I'm a bit young in my career. Um, we we did our first deal in 2009, uh, which was you know fortuitous timing. Um, so, you know, we haven't seen a ton of deals come full cycle, so this answer could change down the road. But just from a high-level perspective, we closed on a deal uh, about a year ago, and it was a Class C enclosed regional mall outside D.C. Um, and it was such a unique acquisition because it was mispriced just because it didn't fit the bucket of any buyers. It was, you know, first off, it was a regional mall, and, and the overwhelming sentiment is malls are dying. Um, when in reality, you know, only a small portion of malls are dying. Um, you know, secondly, it was a, a Class C mall. You know, all the mall operators are really focusing on Class A, Class B malls um, in the best submarkets. And you know, third third factor was, you know, this is really not a mall long term. It's a you know, it's a redevelopment into a mixed use town center. And because of all these factors, we were able to buy an asset at you know an 11 cap that had a ton of fat in the expenses and a ton of upside in the income. And, you know, by the time we stabilize, you know, the cash yields are going to be off the chart. And, you know, we essentially bought a piece of land with incredible cash flow. That's going to be a great redevelopment down the road uh, in such a, a growing and, uh, you know, supply-constrained submarket. So, um, again, it kind of comes back to the, 
the contrarian play and you know if uh, you know if people dislike things for the wrong reasons that creates a lot of opportunity best ever project you're most excited about right now just in terms of the, the most exciting thing I think about the real estate business is the amount of young and smart people getting in um, you know I spend a lot of time talking to uh, you know particularly business school students from, from top tier business schools and you know, when traditionally they would all go into investment banking or, or go to work for a hedge fund, they all want to get into real estate. Um, and I think that's just going to improve the business, help involve and, and make it become, you know, more institutional and, and better for every single player in the space. So uh, to me, I think the business, uh, you know, the future is bright. for the Best ever quote. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, for me, it, it goes back to, um, you know, relationships and, and reputation and, um, you know, this one's from Peter Lineman on, uh, you know, just on building relationships. And, and he says, always do the very best you can to fill what you said you would do. Help others simply because you can rather than because you believe it would indirectly benefit you. And then do this for the next 30 years and, and you'll grow, uh, you know, a good reputation and a really deep network. And, and that will, you know, in and of itself kind of ensure your, your success. What's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate? You know, it, it, there's certainly been many, um, you know, luckily... The fortuitous timing of, of our deal cycle has covered up a lot of those mistakes. Um, but I think it's, you know, in terms of, of a personal mistake, it was, you know, going back to thinking that we could manage deals remotely. Um, and again, that was a bit naive. But I think just from a, a general mistake that I see a lot of people make, and it's really dangerous for investor health, is, you know, taking these events and just extrapolating them out into the future. Um, I think that's how you, uh, you know, create bubbles and, and how a lot of people get in trouble. What's the best ever place to reach you? Yeah, so the, the best place to reach me is the blog, and that's a student of the real estate game.com. Um, I have my email, uh, Twitter, Facebook links on there. Um, and if you go to a student of the real estate game.com backslash best ever, uh, there's kind of a, a special welcome for all the best ever uh, listeners. Oh, how sweet of you. I had no idea. You're the first person who's done you that. Know, it's, it's the least I could do. And, you know, I learned that, honestly, from listening to podcasts outside of real estate. So I think, um, you know, it's it's more indicative, not of me doing something right, but a lot of other people, you know, missing an opportunity. I think uh, I, I think you're selling yourself short. I think that is that's just an incredible thing, uh, because as you said, similar to you know, the contrarian mentality, you know, you mentioned it's easy to think that way, but it's hard to execute. I mean, case in point, you're doing it right now. It's easy to think about it and hear about it and listen to it on podcasts, but it's harder to execute because you actually have to take some effort in order to do it. And, you know, I, I think this conversation, I mean, I, first off, I want to thank you so much for, for sharing your best ever advice with the best ever listeners. And, um, I mean, your story is fascinating, fascinating where you, you, I mean, one, you're, you're full of quotes, by the way. I mean, you're money with these quotes and, um, you know, you really are, uh, you know, just, you know, full of incredible insight when you said you, you can't wait to be picked. You have to pick yourself. And my gosh, is that not true in everything? And, um, it reminded me of a book and I won't get into the story cause we don't have time, but just, uh, best ever listeners go check out the book. I think it's called, uh, things I wish I knew when I was 20. And there's a story in there about the author and how, you know, um, actually, hell, I'll just go ahead and tell it how the how the author's dad um, climbed the corporate ladder um, in 30 years and finally made, I think it was VP. And the author, uh, you know, she printed some business cards that she was starting out right after college and she called herself 
a president of whatever company. And he's like, you can't, you can't call yourself president. It takes 30 years to get the president. She's like, no, I, I, I wanted to be a president. Therefore, I am a president and I anoint myself a president. And that's the mentality I think we have to have. And, you know, you, you work 12 months, 12 very long months. And I'm sure there was all sorts of, of just perhaps doubt or perhaps not, but all sorts of obstacles for sure. I know that for sure um, over, over those 12 months. And you work for free, and now you know. Look where you're at. Where it's you know a company at five hundred thousand dollars worth of acquisitions under management. And the quick check- checklist is something that I know for the best ever listeners and myself. That's just a, a really good resource where you've got those four things. Is it an off-market deal? Uh, is it does it have good cash flow in place? Is it a value-add opportunity? And is it a sub-market we like? If we look at those four things, and we can initially get a good sense of the type of deal that we're we're going to be uh, analyzing and if we want to pursue it and then you know lastly the real estate is a relationship business um, and you know the importance that you put on relationships and I know that firsthand because um, I know when we when uh, my assistant initially reached out to you uh, instead of saying yes I'd like to be on the show uh, you said, well, let's meet uh, and in person because we're both in New York City and let's meet for coffee. And we, you know, we've met in person. We, you know, I, I just really enjoyed our conversation, you know, at uh, in, in New York. And I can tell, you know, just through that experience and then just hearing you talk, that relationships are at the core of, of, of who you are and what you hold near and dear. And I'm the same way, my friend. And it's just, it's refreshing to see that. And it's great to, you know, have you on the show. And I'm very grateful for that. So thank you so much for being on the show. And we'll talk to you soon. Joe, thanks, thanks so much for having me. And, and you know, thanks for, for, you know, putting this podcast together. Um, every time I listen to it, I've learned so much. And I'm sure a ton of people have a ton of great takeaways. Um, so keep it up. And uh, if there's anything you can ever do to help, let me know. Thanks a lot. Awesome. Thanks, Joe. Hey, you, best ever listener. Do you want more? Then go to joefairless.com, where you'll get tons of free videos, templates, and content to help you get deals done. And remember to subscribe to the best ever show in iTunes, so you can keep getting your daily dose of the best real estate investing advice ever.